Alex Ziabko joins us from LA to discuss all things Everton, the recent Merseyside Derby win over Liverpool, and their prospects at Europe for next season. Not much changes at the top, with City beating Arsenal and Leicester and United winning, but everyone's favorite London team, West Ham, beat Tottenham to go into the top four. We're down here in the Rat Tail Bunker in Barbershop Studio, and this is the Boys and Bolos Podcast. Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos Podcast. We're down here in the Rat Tail Bunker and Barbershop Studio. Jarrett, it is week 25. We're in it. We're here. We just finished week 25, yeah. Yeah, well. It's crazy. It's crazy. 13 weeks left, baby. That's it. And then Tottenham will be champions. <laughs> Europa League champions. Europa League Cup champions. winners. God, if you guys win the Europa League, that's going to be a rough situation because I think Chelsea or we have an Everton guest on tonight. Alex, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to this. The, the high hopes for Tottenham right now. Uh, yeah, they're not very high. It's been a rough. It's been a rough uh, 2021. I, I could tell Alex likes a good comedy show. Yeah, he's, it's good. He's got an eye for talent. But you know what's rough? Is that if Tottenham were to win the Europa League, this is like something that could happen and it would be so 2021. If Chelsea or Everton were to finish fourth, which I think at this point is the highest we'll finish, I think the Manchester teams and Leicester are going to take the top three. I don't really see anything shaking. They, they look good, all three teams. If either of our teams finish being Chelsea or Everton in the fourth and Jeff's team wins the Europa League, which means they qualify for the Champions League. At least this is what happened in 2012 when Chelsea won the Champions League. We knocked Tottenham out of the fourth place. So I don't know if that would happen. That would be super sour if Everton were to get into the Champions League, get in the fourth place, Tottenham win, and then Jose boots them out. I don't think that's how it works anymore. I don't think – I actually don't know. But that would be so 2021 for either Chelsea or especially Everton that's been working extremely hard to like – I don't ever I, – I never write off – Jose Mourinho I just I just don't like the, that guy just somehow he turns it around and I still I still think Tottenham's gonna make a run I this is interesting maybe for you guys to hear I picked them to win the Prem this year I Whoa. that was that was when the season started I did I did I really thought he was gonna do it again I kind of don't know where he's going wrong right now I think there's there's several things that can sort of we can sort of look at but yeah I picked them to win the Prem so I never write that guy off ever He's also, I think Eddie brought this up on a text or maybe on the pod. I don't remember. But in his second season, he always wins titles, trophies. He's very successful in his second season. Interesting. Obviously, when he first got to Chelsea, he had, you know, the first two seasons were championships back to back. But with Inter Milan, it was like the second season. Actually, no, Inter Milan might have been season one. But with Real Madrid, it was the second season. With Porto, it was the second season. He started to, you know kind of feel out you know feel out the land both on and off the field because i think one of jose Mourinho's magic and he still continues to do it now with social media the dude's just like a pr wizard he's kind of like the donald trump of professional football in the sense that like (laughs) when he talks you're gonna listen even if you hate what he's saying you know Mm -hmm. in in that in that kind of like i can't look away but i want to oh god he's talking again because everything jose says i love and after the game this week the media person or you know the person who's interviewing he was like hey jose do you do you think what you're doing is right like you know basically trying to say how much of this is how much of tottenham's poor performances that you could say are his fault right because 
as the manager, he should take responsibility. And he basically, do you remember the quote? He basically he, said, uh, it's not, I'm doing everything right. Yeah, he says, our, he's like, me and my technical <laughs> staff are second to none in the way that we groom players. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, this dude has just stones. Yeah. He has, he's in ninth in the Premier League, and he's just got stones. They did, I mean, they, they should have beat that West Ham team. They're, they got unlucky. I thought they outplayed West Ham for, like, 75% of the game. But the problem with Tottenham, you, they can... They just they only need like literally one play to give up a goal because they have like a guy who who ball watches Dyer and Sanchez who falls in his face, <laughs> and uh, they just don't have they just have they don't have a center back pair they don't have a center back pairing that's like worthy of Premier League soccer like they they're they're not good enough they're just not good enough yeah how about that FA Cup between Everton yeah. and, and and Tottenham I mean that was that was probably one of the most exciting games I've seen in a very long time and. Because both of our defenses were absolutely horrendous. I mean, Yari Mina literally, <laughs> like, like what that one goal that he gave up when we were up two to one, I think it was three or whatever it was. It was just like through his legs, and I'm just like, I, I can't, I, I can't. Like, what is this guy doing? And and, and Yari Mina is like maybe that, like, like that how Dyer's feel. Like, I love the guy. I think he is a great, a great center back. The issue I have with him is that he ha- he's like. He pulls a Jordan Pickford once in a while. It's like, you're just like, what were you thinking in that play? Like you completely like, you know, spaced out and didn't pay attention to what was happening in the game. And that was that one goal. Um, I can't remember who scored it for Tottenham, but it was just such a bonehead play that I remember like texting with uh, my wife's brother, who's a, who's a big Everton supporter. And he was just like, I love and hate Mina. And I'm like, literally, it's, just, it's the same thing. Like I love and hate Jordan Pickford. Like I love the guy when he plays a game like he had, you know, this past weekend. And then I hate him like the last time, like like last season we played Anfield, two seasons ago, whatever it was, where it was like 91st minute. And he, instead of just putting the ball over the net, he like tries to catch it and it goes in, you know? Um, but it's tricky, you know, like these. Dyer's the exact, Dyer's the exact same player. To be honest, yeah. like he'll, he'll like, he'll be like man of the match. He'll like be like man of the match. And then he'll like follow a guy in the box, like crazily and give a penalty. And you're just like, what are you doing, Dyer? Like, what are you doing? Did Sanchez play in that uh, FA Cup game? Well, because if Sanchez yes. played, that's just super brutal for me as a Colombian American. Because it's like my two center backs are Colombia. This is why Colombia is so god awful. Because you have Sanchez and Jerry Mina holding down for it, and like Jerry Mina is better than Sanchez. I don't think many people argue that. Clearly, in order to get all the way to Barcelona, I know he got loaned out exceedingly quick. But to get to Barcelona, you have to be a stud on some level. Then he got loaned out. He scored the goal against England in the World Cup to tie it in the last seconds. World famous goal world famous goal and i was going like ape shit because you know england is a team that was destined to go far in that and colombia is also a strong team but yeah anyway so if that was both sanchez and mina as a colombian i'm like rough to see that game that there's nine goals in a soccer game and yeah i feel like whether sanchez was directly involved or indirectly involved you know a center back can leave somebody on side it's easy to let goals in if you're not thinking as a center back dyer gets caught ball watching and instead of like attacking the ball, especially on crosses, I think is his weakest. He'll just be like, oh, <laughs> crosses are his weakness. That's rough for a center back. That's like yeah, passing that's, is my weakness. That's, that's why he should be so good. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be playing center back. He should be playing. He should be playing the center defensive midfield. Let's talk about the Liverpool Everton game. Let's sure. shift a little bit and let's <laughs> talk about the defensive stuff in that game because Jordan Henderson's injury. Do you think you win if Henderson doesn't go out? It's tough to say it could probably be a draw. It was very obvious what Carlo wanted to do. He knew we need to absorb the pressure, and he knew because they were weak in the back and they had some young guys playing in the back that the speed of Everton was going to 
have the opportunity to counter. The perfect example was the second goal. I know that was, we'll talk about that. It's controversial. May I don't think it's controversial, but people will talk about it all day long. But that was the the classic like counterattack. Like, and that's what he sort of set it up. Like even the first goal, right? Like you look at that, is in the mid, so it clogged that up completely. And then James just, I mean, he's that first touch out of the air is just unbelievable. I mean, and and as quickly as Liverpool closed down, he gave that beautiful pass to Richarlison and Richarlison made the mistake. Thank God, because he's made plenty of them this season. But I think I think it's a draw. I don't know. I mean, Liverpool had quite large spells of possession, and as they should, because they're at home and they are Liverpool and they've been defending, you know, their title against also an Everton team that's not fully. They were not quite healthy. Neither are they. So I'm not making excuses for Everton at all. But I, I just think Carlos' plan was punch them on a counterattack because that's what he knew. We 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 had the speed up front to do that. So which I guess you could say is evident in both goals, but maybe, I don't, it's tough to say. I, it was a, it was a tough injury because at first I thought DeCore made a foul that obviously injured him. And then I was like, here we go with the headlines again. Everton's injuring all the Liverpool players, but it was a non-contact injury, which looks, which is going to probably be very like a long time for him to recover, especially in the groin area. Um, so maybe, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, looking back at it, I think Everton executed the game perfectly. And obviously that's easy to say as an Everton fan, but just they, 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 defensively were just probably the best game I've ever seen them play in a long time. And Liverpool's had chances, by the way, where they do the crosses into the box. That's their specialty. They had moments. But I also thought Jordan Pickford probably played the best game maybe in the last two seasons, in my opinion. Yeah, he saved that shot from uh, Henderson. Henderson. Oh, and also Salah, well, so, that one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so, there was, there, so he saved like a, a basically a uh, first-time shot from Henderson – Right outside the box. That was an amazing save. He just pushed it out wide. That was and then Trent was crazy. Like Arnold from outside too. That ball. I think yep. that might have been going over, but he still tipped it over just to be sure. Um, uh, and then the Salah, I think, I think was the was the best moment. Like they that was it. Like when he brought in, I was like, he's in. That's it. And then Pickford, yep. outstanding. Yeah, because there's definitely games where I thought Henry, uh, that Pickford's looked shaky, to say the least, in in terms <laughs> of you know being the number one goalkeeper for for England and you know sometimes he's like he makes these weird uh non he doesn't make the save he should make and and you know he's kind of looks lost out there but i thought he played exceptionally well probably the best game of the season by far he's coming off an injury is that is that right i mean he had a yeah he had an injury and Olsen was you know it's funny like Olsen for a while there uh, I was like, hey, just start this guy. Like, just start yeah. this guy. And then Olsen, at that game against Tottenham, made some mistakes, and I was just like, Ugh, maybe yeah, not. Maybe uh, the the, the yeah. thing was, was what was so important for Pickford to start against Liverpool is that counter, right? Like, he's so good, Jordan Pickford, at taking the ball and distributing it. Like, like Olsen doesn't do that. He can't do that. So that's why if you look when they line up with Olsen, like, they'll try to play out of the back. Pickford just launches it, which just gives an opportunity mm-hmm. for someone like DCL, who's really good at holding the ball up for the, you know, Charleston to sort of come in and help. That's why when I thought in that game when DCL got injured against Tottenham, I thought we were going to lose. Like, I was like, there's no way because there's nobody going to be able to hold the ball up. And then obviously what happened happened. But so he's so good at distributing the ball that it was so important for him to get healthy for this Liverpool game because that was the big part of like what the game plan was. I also think that Liverpool's been particularly. I guess unsharp. I'd be, I guess, not clinical. I guess maybe is the best word to descri- describe it in the past. You know, four or five games, just not scoring as many goals as you'd expect him to score. Salah will score the occasional, you know, game a goal here every other game because he's Salah and he's obviously the best player in the team at, at this point. But they're just not the Firmino, Salah, 
Mane trio just isn't like firing as it has in the past. So I think why do you think that is this. though? I I just think that the the it's it's always the thing with with the three with the th- the trio you know thing that it lasts a couple of years and then it kind of dies off and I don't know they can't all be in form at the same time and I think personally I think teams have figured out Klopp. I think they figured out how to defend against them because and even to his adjustments right like you go back to Dortmund like he almost got them relegated like people forget about that he almost got Dortmund relegated and it's like which is crazy to think about um I think people might have just figured him out a little bit listen you might not be like you said you might not have all three in in in, in perfect shape but you don't lose 7-2 to Aston Villa you just you just don't you just don't as champions like it, I think this I don't know what the statistic is, but I, but I heard on Premier when they talk about Premier League, they said this is the biggest drop off in the history of Premier League for like a team that's won the year before to where they are now, which is crazy to think about. Chelsea actually, after one of the years they lost, they also dropped off, but I don't think it was pre- as precipitous. And mm-hmm. the Chelsea team that won wasn't as good as this Liverpool that won. So the extremes have definitely been sure. expanded. And sure, and as far as yeah, and as far as the top three, it's a very good question. I don't know if there's one answer. I think whenever you have three guys like that, they just can't go forever. They've been scoring at a high level for about two or three years. And in the last 12 months, they've definitely dropped off. I mean, Firmino's a shell of what he was. Mane's mm-hmm. really slowed down. He maybe gets a goal or an assist every other game, or he used to get a goal or assist every game. Salah's numbers are still freakish. And if they don't have Salah, if he gets injured, honestly, Liverpool could finish as as high as eighth and i know someone's gonna hear that and be like oh that's crazy but they're just not producing and i think when you don't have the balls coming through the midfield and getting into their feet they're having to pick the ball up 10 to 15 yards farther away from goal so they're doing more work to get the same result as far as a shot on goal and i just think that and once again i'm sure if you looked at the heat map and you looked at kilometers ran you would see that those three have had to do a lot more work since jordan henderson's come out of the midfield since winaldum has been pushed farther back since I mean I'm I'm still since Jota gets hurt right he was doing so much out of the midfield and on the wings and where you know wherever Klopp would play him but there is something to be said that honestly maybe they're just figuring out Klopp every system runs its runs its uh, gamut the Real Madrid they win four out of five Champions League they do okay in the domestic but they destroy Europe then they get knocked out of Champions League the next year in the round of 16. Barcelona has a freakish team from about 2009 through about 2012, mm-hmm. and then they kind of drop off and go into oblivion. They lose to Bayern in 2000. They lose to Chelsea in 2012 in the Champions League, and then they lose to Bayern in 2013 when Bayern won the Champions League. I think over two legs, they lost like seven to one. So definitely, once a team has that much tape, and you can just watch and see what do we need to do. And with Barcelona, it was like, all right, let's just such. Well, it's not. It's not Xavi. It's not Iniesta. It's not Messi. We have to shut down Sergio Busquets. And with Liverpool, I think it's just Jordan Henderson. When he's not on the field, they are not they're they're not a title winning team. Never mind when he has to play in the in the center back, and then never mind when he's just not on the field. So I think there's a lot of things, but it is kind of it is if I'm like Firmino, I don't know. I mean, he must be seeing like a psychologist. How does he drop off that much? There was a time when Bobby Firmino could do no wrong and he was world class this and world class that and starting for Brazil. Next World Cup, I don't even think Firmino's on the lineup. So he's going to go from winning the Premier League and the Champions League to not being on the lineup because they have Jesus and there's it's Brazil. So there's like a bunch of other guys yeah. you can go to. One of the things though I wanted to ask is, do you think Jeff asked this in the last pod? You can ask it. Go ahead. Can I take ask my a question? take my question? Would you like to ask? The <laughs> no, question? no, you no, you take it. I I think you can phrase it better. Go ahead. 
I won't phrase it better. I'm just going to protect him a little more. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it doesn't. It's just a he, question. He's like Baby Yoda to me. You know, he's cute. <laughs> so, Hamas, are Everton better or worse with Hamas? Are you know, are are they better with Hamas or are they better without Hamas? You look at the game this weekend, much better. I mean, that first goal, that first touch, that first pass. There's nobody on the team that can do that. It really isn't. And then there's not many players in the prem that can do that. I think. The the issue I think um, is that he's had a slow start, and then he's also had like a quite a bit of injuries this year, so he hasn't quite been there playing all the time. I think he's still adjusting to the England, you know, the Liverpool weather, um, which is harsh, and um, just being in. I mean, you talk about you know being in Madrid to then switch into like you know the UK, it's a completely different thing. And um, I know there's rumors that came out before the you know the 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 derby that he was unhappy, whatever that may be, and that he you he wants to potentially go for like Atletico, whatever it is. I don't know if those are true. I think that's you know just people making shit up because maybe uh, he looks sometimes when he's also like the guy, if you look at him, like he doesn't like when people tackle him. Like it's very obvious. He hates it because maybe he's afraid of being injured. And that's clearly proven that he ha- is, is quite, you know, injury prone. Um, so I just don't think he likes the weather. I don't think, I think the team is absolutely much better with him. There's very few left footers out there that can do the things that he can do. And, and very few, like if you look at some of the games that when he's playing at his high level, the vision from the long passes across switching the field, I mean, they're chef's kiss. Like the production, is like the just the accuracy, like the speed, like the intensity to sort of, for a counterattack, it's perfect, right? You give him the ball and he just delivers it to one of the guys up front. So I think with him, they're much better. I think we need some more pieces around them. And I think when Alon got injured, because this has been such a, you know, you look at him when when we first started the season, you know, the flying start that Everton had, it was like we had a healthy team. Everybody was clicking and it was like buying into the system. And then obviously the injuries started happening. Like Adine got hurt and was out for two months. And then obviously Hamas got hurt. And then Alon's been out for what looks, what's going to be, I think, approaching two and a half months, almost three months. I think he's back now training. So we'll see. Um, but it was a bad injury in the hamstring. So it's like we have, I think with some few more pieces around him, he'll be even better. But you're also talking about a guy who didn't really play at Real Madrid for, you know, for quite a while. He was sitting on the bench for a while. So maybe there's a fitness thing there. Like there's some, it, it, Premier League is the fastest league in the world. It's the chippiest league in the world as well. So I think he's adjusting the speed of the game. And, and, and I know Carlos down played that quite a bit, but you could tell he's adjusting. You can tell sort of like he's getting used to the speed. So I think like if he sticks around, I, so the, the, the answer is, there's a long answer, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it was very evident this week. And it's very evident some of the games where he is, you know, feeling a hundred percent. It's it's fitting that uh in in typical boys and balls fashion, I ask the question and he turns around and has like one of the best games of the season where he gives and he has an assist and just plays right, solid all go. around. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it works. I think yeah, I, so I think I even asked her he might have scored a goal even after I asked I asked the question. So obviously they're good I mean, he's a very, very good player, world class player. And uh I don't I'm not trying to take away from Hamas and you know but he's been injured and he has been out of the lineup quite a bit not maybe not as much as Alan or in, in some of the other players but yeah I only asked because they're they were winning games without him yeah so mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's, a, it's, that's a, the, it's that's an interesting the, question to ask that's the Don Carlo that's the Carlo Ancelotti effect like the guy just he gets players to buy in and it's like the next man up mentality has never been it hasn't been greater than now for Everton right like Alon got injured. I thought 
I remember when he got injured, I was like, oh my God, our season's like, we're going to be awful. Like, because he was, he's such a leader, but also so, he's just so dynamic in that mid, like he stops think place from developing. Like he's just, look what's happening. Like they've done just fine. You know, yes, they've had a few games where they should, like Newcastle, with, like was just really bad performance of Fulham, but like really bad performance of flat. But without him they've they've managed they've managed to you know to win some really big games including the one you know the FA Cup game against Tottenham and obviously the game you know this weekend so like I I think it's it's tough but I think that's that's all in the that's all in the manager you know it comes down to that but I I could see where you sort of raise the concerns right because you look at even the Liverpool game right and they take them off I think like 70th minute I'm not sure what the exact time was I start playing with play 90 minutes, right? Like, that's just a fact. So you could sort of see maybe the fitness is in there, right? Like, yeah. So I think that's where it's sort of where there's sort of this concern about him. Does he fit or doesn't he fit? I'll be really surprised if he leaves because he's been with Ancelotti now. This is his third time. Ancelotti was the guy who brought him into Real Madrid, I'm fairly sure, after the 2014 World Cup where he scored the banger and scored six goals in five games. I mean, that's stupid. And then he plays in Bayern under Ancelotti. And then he plays in Everton. So in Bayern, Carlo loaned him out like he wanted him to come from Real. So like there is definitely like a relationship for sure. There's a total relationship. So I would be really surprised if he were to leave. I also think that we're getting close to the 2022 World Cup and players have to be very realistic and very strategic about where they're playing, how much time they're playing and the amount of PT that they're going to get. Because that's super important as you build up to a World Cup. I don't care if Hamas is playing at Real Madrid or Bayern or Everton, but as a Colombian, I want him just playing. I don't even mm-hmm. care if he's on Everton and they're at 11th or 12th. If he's playing and getting in, you know, getting week in and week out fitness going into the World Cup, that's great. And I hope he sees that and understand that and understands that too. Because I think sometimes players, I don't know, they, they, they expect that when they show up to the World Cup, they're going to be better because they've been playing on a higher club, even if they've been playing low, playing lower minutes. And I think Iceland will prove no. You just got to be playing minutes, like Sigurdsson, as you as you said. He when he's on Iceland, he's like Sigurdsson. The guy was ridiculous. <laughs> he was just just dialing it up. And I guess my question about Everton is famously Roberto Martinez when he got the Everton job, he had a, they said he had like a thirty second interview because he came in, he sat down. Roberto Martinez, as we know, is like you know he's a cerebral coach. He's a genius. He's wonderful to listen to. And they sat down and he said, I want this job. And they're like, okay, tell us why. And he said two words. And they said Champions League. And they said, okay, it's your, you know, that's it. Because Everton, that's always, that's the next logical step for the club. They need to be fighting for top four. And then from top four, then you can fight for the cup. What do you think realistically are Everton's chances this year to get top four? It's tough. You know, it really is. I, I think top six is expected, right? Like I think Europe's expected. I think Champions League is a bonus. That's how I look at it as a fan. I mean, if we go top four, you might find me streaking down LA. Like, I, like for real, like I would be that excited because I don't know if it's realistic. We're in the thick of it, right? So like we're there, which is the most important thing. We're there, we're fighting for it. Would I be disappointed if we missed out? Sure, if it was close, but I just want to make Europe because I think that's where you attract more players to build, to then go to, champ- I think next year, Champions League is expected, right? Like next year is expected, I think, as an Ever- as an Evertonian, um, especially with Carlo. And I think they will strengthen in the off season properly. You know, there's all these rumors flying around with the different players that he wants to bring in. So they will strengthen, there's no doubt. But I think for me, Champions League is a bonus this year. I think for Everton, they have to make Europe because they have to retain, they have to attract talent and retain talent. Um, you hear of like players, some players like DCL and 
and uh Hamas, you know wanting to go play in europe and play in european soccer i you know and if if a team comes knocking paying willing to pay dcl pay a big transfer fee i think they'll take it but if they make europe they'll, then they'll say well we're going to keep dcl we need them and then we can get x player y player z player and further strengthen for you know a european push and uh so i i totally agree i think top six is very realistic if i think top six is like one in three right now which is great odds at this point because it's still so competitive might be even higher how is west Ham? Uh, yeah. like i'm just like my mind oh is uh, one word Lingardinho. Yeah, well, yeah Lingardinho, all of a sudden, he's been <laughs> taking compound V, for those of you who watch the boys. He's out of control. Like him and his little Pied Piper dance, I saw it and I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead on the inside. To be fair, that was a little, that game, they should feel very lucky. They walked away with three points. Were you able to catch that game? Because Jeff's right. Tottenham all were on top of Everton for the last 40 minutes. There were times, like, it was like a shooting gallery. Everton was just sitting back and soaking up Not pressure. Everton. Soaking. West Ham. Yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, West Ham. West Ham. Fabianski yeah. was standing on his head. Was standing on his head. It was, it was I did not watch it. I did not watch it, but I did see the result, and I was so disappointed because I, I was rooting for, for Tottenham to, to, to win that game just because I'm just like, I, it makes me sick watching West Ham on top of Everton right now. I'm just like, Ugh. I know we played them in a couple of weeks, which is going to be good, but... Yeah, I, listen, it's tough, man. Like, this season is so up and down, right? It's just it, – and it's going to continue, I think, to go that way until the finish line. And I agree with you to the point of retaining players, right? Like, Luca Dean's contract, we apparently – so what the word is that they've agreed on terms. Carlos said last week he was supposed to sign. He didn't sign. I think Luca Dean wants to know where they finish because he wants to play in Europe. Now, I think, yes, this last week and this win at Liverpool, I think that might do it. I think he might sign this week because if the deals are – if the, if the terms are agreed to and, and he's happy and and I think what – he sent out a tweet and it was a uh, – or Instagram message of a picture of the team celebrating. He wrote, this team with a heart. And it's like maybe he was holding off to see if – like because that game – this game was so crucial to see where, you know. Um, and I think maybe – with but I agree with you. I think like, you know – DCL to me is still someone who loved the kid. I, I think he's incredible, but I still think he's got a long way to go. Like I still think like right now his production's increased because of Carlo. I don't know if that happens if you go someplace else, you know. And again, that's just me because I'm such a huge I mean, this is how big of a fan I am of Carlo, just FYI. Um but but no, but like, like the listeners I, don't I just, see it, but he's got a book yeah, of Carlo and know, He has this book with this very serious ASMR face. Silent quiet, leadership. Yeah, I recommend quiet leadership. Quiet leadership. Yeah. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. I agree with you. I think that they have to go in Europe to get more talent that Carlo wants and needs to to go for Champions League, and I think to retain some of the talent that they have. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into the question that I have. Thinking about Everton next year, let's say you're in top six or top four. It doesn't matter. You're in European competition. You need to then, you know, to be really successful in Europe, you need to have two full squads because injuries are going to happen. You're all of a sudden you're playing 25% more games. You're traveling so many more miles. Who let's not let's assume money isn't an object and you could bring in a player. <laughs> who would you bring in? And then, uh, and then I'm going to ask you, actually, who is your dream player that you really can't afford but you'd love to add to the squad and why? And then who is the player who you realistically think you can bring in, either from another Premier League team or from, you know, take your pick across all the leagues in Europe? Damn, that's a good one. I mean, the dream, I'm a – I get so much flack for this, but, like, I love Messi. Like, I enjoy watching that guy play, and I know his contract is up. Like, but there's no way we're going to get Messi. It's just not happening. 
That's fair. That I mean, is like the messy. ultimate dream. And I know people people still say like, oh, maybe he's like past this prime. No. Nope. That dude, I mean, he's still got it. He's just, he's miserable and he's playing in a team that he doesn't want to play on. That's very, for an organ, not a team, organization um, or the leaders in the organization that he doesn't want to play for. Um, God, I, I, players that I think I would love from the Premier League I definitely think we need we, we need to get another striker, right? Like I think DCL's great and and we got Josh King obviously for the time being. I don't think he stays because we're his contract is up and I don't think that they're going to I do love the guy. I think him and Wilson from Bournemouth were the two players that I was monitoring for a while and I was bummed that Wilson chose Newcastle because I was hoping we were going to get him. And then if we got King, I was excited cuz we initially wanted to buy him and I think they wanted Bournemouth wanted like something like 30 million and we ended up paying 7 for him now because his contract is up anyway. But I do think we need somebody else. And I don't, I, Callum Wilson yeah. will be nice. There's but a really I, good I, chance that Newcastle goes down. Oh, by the way, yeah, let's not even go there. That's crazy. That's that's a sinking ship, and and Fulham is going to probably stay up, I think. But yeah, that'd be great. Love the guy. I think he's amazing. He's someone that is also just so good. Dominic Callum is really good in the box, right? I think outside of that, like when he takes the ball out, like you don't really expect much from him. I think Wilson changes that. You know, he sort of he, he's a speedster, but. I love Antonio at West Ham. I, I do. As somebody who no, I, I you know somebody that holds the ball, physical and what a season he's having. I mean, just like he's a little injury prone, but he's a he's a poacher, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, very good. Knows what he's doing in the box. Can Since score. Since the restart, he's probably been top five most efficient players as far as minutes to goals ratio and once again that's just a feeling i'm not looking at any stat i'm just right. thinking because he had that one game where he scored four game four goals in the restart and it was just unreal he just and now that he's back with west ham it shows he scores against tottenham he's right on the mark you know coming back from an injury he's just ready to go he'd be yeah. either he or wilson would be phenomenal pickups for everton should they get in top six yeah and i, I know it's it's interesting i like i love players getting players um from other leagues for sure but i there's something about and we're seeing it with like timo werner like players having a hard time coming from other leagues to the premier league right because and then by the way i have all the love for chelsea i i love so many of those players um i just think it's you look at a guy who is so productive for red bull right like just so productive in the bundesliga to now and, and obviously productive for for the national team the german national team so now the, the, the drop-off is massive. And I get it. I get it. It's the same thing with Hamas, like adjusting to the league, the speed, the way the defenders are playing. It's a different league. So I think I think Timo is still going to be phenomenal for Chelsea long-term. But that's the thing. It's like you get players from other leagues and you don't realize how physical and how much faster the Premier League is. I mean, it's just, it's really, I think, rare where you see a player adapt like instantaneously so for me it's like picking if you're a team in premier league try, try to pick someone from the premier league because they understand the speed at least they've been playing it for a while i love that strategy i love that strategy of players because i think the premier league tries to go out and get big names all the time and it doesn't always work because no. it's not apples to apples it's a completely different context and it's not just on the field and the rules and the speed of play it's the fact that you have so many games every week and if mm -hmm. you're in the top 15, you're going to be selected so much more often. And well, I have, so. I have this sort of interesting take with my with my dad, who's a massive Barcelona fan. I mean, like diehard. And his sort of thing was like, I'm always like, hey, the pound for pound best league in the world is Premier League. I, I think that's there's no argument there. And he'll be like, no, like, you know, 
you know, you have no idea. The Spanish clubs are much better. That's why they always win, you know, you know, Champions League or um, Europa League. And it's like they do, but I have a I have a theory as to why they do because the the season in the Premier League is so grueling and so demanding, and not to mention the weather is so brutal. There's so many more injuries that that's why. I mean, you're you're talking about all these other competitions that that you know, you know, English teams have to play. And then on top of that, turn around and, and give 100% midweek to Champions League. That's, I think, where the drop-off happens is like these, these, these Premier League teams will get there and they'll just, they're just gassed. Like they're gassed by the time, if they make it quite, you know, you know, this and something Liverpool obviously winning was, was great for the Premier League. But still, it's like, if you look at, you know, the last like two, 12 years, whatever, it's like, it's just like been all, a lot of it has been Spanish clubs. And that's the thing. It's like, because their season's a bit lighter and also the the league is just not as aggressive, you know, and in, in, in terms of defending, in terms of the weather that they have to play in. I mean, so that's just my take on it. If, you know, I'm sure people will argue that and be like, no, it's not true, but that's just how I see it. Yeah. I, I think the top six to eight clubs in the Spanish, the Spanish league are, are pretty good. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're battling it out, but the, the, all the other teams are, I just think they it's a walk in the park for for Barcelona. Maybe not this season, but in past seasons, at least, at least for Real Madrid and for Atletico, it's, it's like whatever. They they don't they play their weekend games. It's easy, right? And then but then they're they're amped up for their midweek Champions League games or Europa. Yeah, their focus is Champions League. Exactly, that's yeah. what it is. And I think in the Premier League, it's such a massive. You have to win the Premier League. Like that's a massive focus for teams that. That's where I sort of feel like Manchester City is like short, like because they just they are so. Maybe this is their year, but we'll see. But like they're just so they. It's exhausting. It's just a long season. And it's a very grueling season. But I also think like the weather just doesn't help. You know, you know, you, you never like when you never want to play in Liverpool like right now. Like you just don't. You know, or in Newcastle, like you just don't want to play those games. That's true. Yeah, there's sometimes there's weather there, and I'm like, uh, I don't really want to be a professional player. <laughs> it's literally yeah. it's snowing, and you know, guys coming in with metal studs at your ankle, and they're still playing. It's it's wild yeah. weather, but to be honest, it's very similar to the weather we play when we play uh, soccer on this end of the world in the fall over here. I mean, it's can get really cold, and it's not always not always the most pretty football for sure. Sure. But but let's get into the week coming up and. We're going to throw you the game, and you can give us your score prediction. And we start <laughs> okay. off with a game that all three of us, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Everton fans, we're going to want Man City to win. And I think it's a rarity when I'm, like, rooting for Man City in week in and week out because, you know, Man City, me. But Man City is playing West Ham. So who do, you, who do you got in this one? Yeah, I mean, you said it, Manchester City. Just so sick of looking at West Ham in the table. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the, listen, it's – the way that team's playing right now, oof, I mean, they're just, I might be the best. Declan Rice, Declan Rice and Suchek are brutal. They're just like, they're machines. They yeah, don't really but, make a lot of errors, you know? But City is just so dominant right now. They're just too good. They're too good. No, no, no. City should win, and I pray they win, and Jeff prays they win, and you pray they win because we need that gap to open yeah. up for all three of our teams to fight for minimally top six and ideally top four. Yeah. I'm hoping that I, I want West Ham win. to get knocked down a peg because they 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 got by by the skin of their teeth that Tottenham game. I'm I'm them like doing a jig after winning that game is like, come on, they like act they, <laughs> come on, they got some yeah. serious luck in that game. It was it was ridiculous, and if they they cannot, they will not have that luck against <laughs> a city team that 
has De Bruyne back, has you know. Yeah, man, <laughs> they, they look, they look, they look unbelievable Gundinho. right now. I mean, unbelievable the John right Stone, now. the reemergence of John Stones. I mean, Ruben yeah, Diaz. Like, Ruben Diaz is just that that Phil Foden. I mean, let's just talk about the season. This good to one, good to one. Yeah, by the way, he's the most goals, right? Yeah, yeah, and he just like does whatever he wants. He's yep. ridiculous. Yep. If you if you said if you looked at this roster and somebody like you know woke up from him you know they got knocked down they were had had amnesia and they didn't know what was going on you said you look at this roster who has the most goals ninety nine percent of the people would not choose Gundogan it would be some guy being like oh it's Gundinho yeah I'd say I'd say it's so hundred percent that people wouldn't choose him Exa- for sure. exactly because you have Foden Jesus if everyone were healthy Aguero De Bruyne Mares Sterling they're a, they're an embarrassment of riches. Mars' left foot is just outrageous. That goal against Everton he scored a couple of weeks ago was just unbelievable. I mean, that yeah. that is just – there's nothing – you can't defend that. You can't save that as a goalkeeper. It's just too good. He's just too good. It's too good. Next I'm, game – I'm going to say they're going to win 2-0. You, you think 2-0? Alex, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd say 3-1 because I, okay. I think West Ham will get a goal. I agree with either you. By by two goals, I I three one probably because I think they will score because West Ham's they got Jesse Lingard who is starting on England apparently. West <laughs> Brom and Brighton. This is a this is a potential candidate for mini bat game of the week because it could be ugly. It could be real ugly. I'm really hoping for a Brighton win because I would like to see Fulham escape. So I I am with you. I am team Fulham, and I for multiple reasons. I think they they were gonna fire their coach, and they decided not to. Unlike West Brom, who just completely cut the cord real quick after a draw against City, which is weird. Super yeah, weird. I think I, I'm 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 picking I'm picking. I would like to Brighton. I'd say it's one nothing. I think it's a pretty dull game, but I'd say it's one nothing. And I, I I'm with you. I think I, I want Fulham to be successful. I also just love looking because he's an ex ex Everton boy. And he's tearing it up right now for Fulham. He is he is very tearing good. it up right now. Love Jeff, that you, kid. You got, Love that kid. He's super nice. And if if they go down, like somebody's already in his DMs. Like hundred percent. He's super. He's super nasty. And he's gonna be. He's not probably not, not even that expensive either. I think. Uh, I think a tie. Oh, I want Grand Potter to win. I got Grand Potter one zero. I like Brighton better, but yeah. Next game leads Aston Villa. This is gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good well, game. Is Jack? Is Jack is he injured still? He is injured. I don't know if he's going to be ready for this game. He felt something in his leg. That was the official injury nah, uh, prognosis. That, <laughs> nobody knows what that yeah, means. Yeah, nobody knows. All right, I'll pick. I'm going to pick Leeds. They have been fun to watch. That is that is one of the probably best counterattacks in all of Premier League football right now, in my opinion. Those guys are so good and so fast and so fun to watch. So I'm going to pick Leeds. I would say. I'll say two nothing. Yeah, they need a bounce back game. They've lost some games. I They're agree. As bad as I, I got two nothing on Leeds. Yeah, I agree I'll, with that. I love it. It's more because I want that to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I just really want that. Yeah. I like I Leeds, man. They're they're fun. I was, you know, people said at the beginning of the season. If you guys remember, everybody on the, you know, the the desk in Premier League for for NBC, they were like, they're going to get relegated. There's no way. I don't know, man. They're tearing it up. They're so good, and they're going to buy more players in this offseason. They're going to be even better next year. They're fun to watch, though. That coaching, like that, 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 the style of like just that really, really, they just, they, they remind me of like Leicester when Leicester won, you know, the Premier League, like, which is like a, that brutal counterattack was so fast and so explosive. And that's what they, they, they don't have the talent, but they have the speed and, and sort of, uh, they need a couple defenders. That's probably yeah, their biggest yeah. thing. 
yeah, yeah, I agree. I can't. I didn't hear NBC say that, but honestly, sometimes I listen to NBC and I just, I actually just put it on mute and I go along with my day because they <laughs> think that Leeds is going to come up with Bielsa and be relegated. Do they understand the way this works? Like great coaches don't get relegated, and Bielsa is like at the backbone of like mm-hmm. all the great coaches out there have learned something. From and they've literally—it was obvious—they literally watched none of the documentary that was that was being filmed of them. They literally didn't follow <laughs> they don't the championship. Do their homework. They it's don't do their homework shocker. because they basically blew the championship out of the- They were a Premier League team in the championship last season. For sure, they yeah. blew everybody out of the water, and they only didn't get promoted the year before because they just like had some shit luck. They just had kind of like a bad run turn of. Come a couple games and the championship is brutal in so, the championships I mean, and there's 46 games anyway they don't do their yeah. homework and it's i don't like you can't listen to anything they say i will find that clip though that they said that and we'll put it on the bolos and be like these guys <laughs> yes yeah, so yeah, yeah. they were times. picking i think maybe it was like robbie myself but like they just didn't it was the beginning of the season predictions and they picked them to go down that yeah, was crazy but listen it happens every every time like i thought i thought well, anyway, we already passed West Brom, but I thought they made a big mistake of firing their coach. I thought that was a bad mistake. I mean, I don't, I don't looked, know why they fired Billich. They tied no City idea. At, at Etihad. I think it was at Etihad. That's ridiculous. They're, yeah, one of the weird. teams has 100 times more money on the field. Like, to get a tie is so improbable. How do you then fire that? It doesn't reward the players for that good deed. Listen, I am so happy that Sam Allardyce is tanking. That is the greatest thing. As an Evertonian, I'm like, bro, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's rough. He's He's never been relegated. He's never been relegated. And I'm still, I'm going to put out there right now today that if they get close and they're like a couple of weeks out from being relegated, or let's just say like, we'll know soon. We'll know sooner than later. Actually, if they get relegated, I'm calling it now. He resigns. He does not put that in his resume. That because I was that's the, same the kind thing. of person that's the shitty person that he is. He will not admit it. Well, I mean, if he's got a resume like that, he might as well just resign and then he says he never got relegated. Even that's with exactly ten games out before it's mathematical. Just say, Yeah, I'm done. I don't want to be a part of this project anymore. Like I exactly mean, what whatever. I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna do that. He he has they can't get, they can't get worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't get right? any worse. <laughs> All right, next game, Newcastle Wolves. Okay, I'm gonna go with Wolves because I think they're turning the page. I'm mm. really like Really like the team too a lot. They've been doing pretty impressive without Jimenez. I'm gonna pick them. I'm just gonna go one nothing. I don't think it's gonna be like. Uh, I think Newcastle's gonna put up a fight, but I think it's one nothing, and only for the same reason that I think I want Fulham to survive. That's exactly my sentiment. I just I I want Fulham. You know, as a Chelsea fan, I'd like to see Fulham, Fulham stay up and do the escape and see Chelsea top four, obviously. But I'd really like Fulham to step. I think that they have a very – they're one of my favorite teams to watch in the Premier League right now. And I think Scott Parker has been – I'd like to see a young coach do well also because after yeah. seeing Frank get sacked, they're all part of that same generation. You also, yeah. I also want to see a team like Newcastle who are just like so okay with being mediocre finally get, finally get punished. By going down to the championship for well, their owners having, are just are just, just shit. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just shit. They don't care about yeah. that club, and I just it's so evident in the way that they're treating the organization right now. And it's like they it's like they want to get relegated because they get relegated, they can probably sell off the team quicker when they're in a championship. But it's sad, man. It's sad for that fan base. What, like, what a legendary club, and to just be the way they are, it's just like we're in a Premier League, so it's okay. Well, you're not gonna be, um, and yeah. There's players, of, you know, and listen, if they get relegated, I want, I want some of them players. Like, <laughs> I want Wilson. I want, you know, uh, Almiron. Almiron's um, nice. Okay, sure, nice. like him. He's but what's the nice. what's what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. 
the the most explosive player I think they have. Oh, Maximin. Yes, yes. I yes, like that 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 dude is fun to watch. Yeah, you guys might... I think you want him if you're going to three on three in like the streets of L.A. The dude doesn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but he's so fun to watch. Yeah, I but, think Almiron like could be a good squad player for another. Those three guys club. will definitely stay in the Premier League. Oh, for without sure. a shadow of a doubt, they'll all go to different teams. You know, maybe you guys get Wilson, maybe you guys get Maximin. I don't know, but those three will go. Almiron will definitely stay. He's phenomenal as well. Yeah, he's his. It's it's interesting watching him play because I feel like he just doesn't get tired. He plays ninety minutes at the same pace that he's like he's at ninetieth minute playing the same pace that it was like minute two. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I think he. There's no there's no doubt somebody's gonna pick him up. No doubt. The next game is a London affair, uh, Fulham Crystal Palace. This is gonna be a good, good game because yeah, we be normally very, on the pod, we say no Zaha no goals, and then this past week they pull off a kind of a yeah. crazy. They have Mateta with a the spinning back heel, which is definitely the goal of the month, and then Benteke scores that volley in the ninety second. So that was good for 95th. Crystal Palace. That's that's nice. What ninety fifth? Ninety fifth. Excuse me. The the dying the dying embers of the game. So. Crystal Palace Fulham is going to be, I'm actually thinking it's going to be one of the games of the week candidate because they both really kind of need the points. Doesn't want to get close to relegation and Fulham's clawing to get out. I think I've, I'm going to interject my score prediction. I got Fulham on this one, nothing, but I think there's going to be a red card and I don't know on either side. I just think it's going to be one of those hard fought matches where a red card is going to happen. I could see that. I think Fulham as well, but I think it's going to be two to one because I do think that Palace will score one the red card's possible yeah and when you have games like this a lot to, a lot's at stake and yeah possible i just th- i i just think fulham right now they're playing they're playing some exceptional football and palace wishy-washy every week and i think this was this last win was a massive boost for them and it's nice to see Benteke obviously get on the, on the score sheet i also just kind of want zaha to leave so i'm gonna go with fulham <laughs> i think fulham have played more consistent than crystal palace i think they they go out and they 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 play the same way every week and they lose a lot of nail biter games like a lot of one nothing games two one games uh or tie games and they've tied a lot of games so i i think every game that they win is well deserved and they will win this game two to one i agree next game is another potential candidate for the game of the week leicester versus arsenal arsenal <laughs> played much better against man city than i think many people thought they were going to play mm-hmm. They kept it close, and I also just don't think City were as clinical as they normally are and just kind of devastating in the final third. Right. But I think this game's going to be great. I think we all want, you know, we're all in the place where it's like, let's let Leicester win and stay ahead of us because we'd rather Arsenal lose and kind of push back. So is that your feeling, Alex? I think Arsenal's going to win this game. I, 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 I do. I think Leicester... It's interesting, like they'll have their runs and then they'll sort of like fall off for a bit. And I just, and yeah, they're hot, but I think, I just don't see, I don't see Arsenal losing two in a row. I I Mm. think they win this one. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it'll be three, two, but I think Arsenal is going to hopefully, yeah, I do think it's going to be high scoring. And I do think that, but I I do see Arsenal winning this one. I think Arsenal have a, Big defensive problem, especially in their center back, with having to put David Luiz back there all the time. He's just not solid enough. He's easy to get turned. He's he can just get turned too easy. And I think Madison and Barnes are just going to boss that midfield. Uh, Vardy's going to have a field day. And Var- but I'm not even really. I don't think. I think Vardy's kind of like he's streaky. I think he'll have like a couple of games, then you'll you'll you won't even notice he's on the field. But I think Madison, the way he can impose himself 
in in the midfield, he can just create chances out of nothing. It's it's Bruno Fernandez. Like it's it's yeah. he's James, very good. James he can Madison's phenomenal. He can literally he literally just decided that he wanted to score and he like he was just like oh, I'll push the ball to the right. Oh, I'll I'll slot it bottom right hand corner. Yep, oh, yep. I scored. Yep. Very good. I agree with that. I think he's probably one of the best players in the Premier League right now for sure. I don't know. I just don't see Arsenal losing two in a row. I don't. And I know they're two big teams. Yeah. But I agree it's going to be close. I, I agree it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a, a a one nothing game either. I I think uh, I think like two to one is uh, uh, Leicester. You're going to Leicester. Alex got three two. I'm not, I don't even know. I can't even make a judgment. These both these teams have been so streaky all season. They've just gone up and down. They've lost big games. They've so I don't know. It's going to be. I that's why I think it's going to be the game of the week. Next game: Spurs versus Burnley. Jeff, what do you think <laughs> about that one? Your boy's gonna. You're gonna lift. We the play cup? a midweek game against uh, the Austrian Farmers. Oh my God! In Wolfsburger, <laughs> but that I think it's gonna be a heavy <laughs> rotated game. We're already up four to one. When so you I guys played Wolfsburger, Bale looked like Bale in like 2014. It was crazy. He was, was cutting <laughs> dudes up. All these dudes that played like D2 in college and went over and sweated, you know, just to play in Austria, were just getting diced. Yeah. Bale's like samurai ponytail was flaring in the wind. Let Let's be real. Bale was the best player against West Ham this past weekend. Oh yeah, for Easily. sure. Does Bale start? Uh, I I it's hard to make that prediction right now because I don't. The game on Wednesday will just pretty much I'll know will know because Jose always does like a sixty thirty. Like squad rotation type Split, thing, yeah. And so, if he doesn't start on Wednesday, he will definitely start against Burnley. Do you guys beat Burnley? I don't like to make predictions. I think it's going to be, but uh, I think it's going to. I think they're going to tie. I think it's going to be one-one tie. All right. Nice. I think I think Tottenham's going to win two nothing. I think it's going to be a pretty easy game. I I like Burnley and I like Sean Dyche a lot actually as a coach. What he's what he's done with that team is with very little money has been impressive. Um, but I think Tottenham's going to win it. I think there's they they have to bounce they have to bounce back. There's like no other way about it. Like you have to bounce back. I concur. I think uh, Tottenham win by two goals. I think actually they played again on any other day they would have won they would have they would have at least tied the game on on Sunday. So and if they had tied it, it wouldn't be like such a dumpster fire as it is now. It would still be a ninth or eighth or whatever it is. But it would definitely have like people would be like, oh yeah. You know, Tottenham will win the game on on Sunday against Burnley, and it'll be no problem. But now everybody's like, "Ah, oh, what's the back line going to look like this week? Another Sanchez Dyer <laughs> center back pairing? Oh God, he's never going to play Roden. They signed him, and he's never going to play, and never going to give him any minutes. But I think actually they'll give him minutes. Uh, they'll give him minutes uh, on on Sunday on midweek. They'll give him mi- minutes midweek and see how it goes. I think still think Toby uh, Alderweireld is the be- their best center back. I don't know what what his deal is and why he didn't play on. On Sunday, I think it's ridiculous that the whole f- like fitness thing is is in question because everybody plays midweek, and if you can't play, yeah. if you can't play <laughs> two games in a row and you're a professional football player, I think I have serious questions for you. Maybe you shouldn't be a professional, especially as a center back <laughs> who doesn't run up and down the field. True, uh, we're unbelievable. True. We're going to we're going to the next game. <laughs> we can talk get, about Spurs. You get all day. sucked into the Spurs vortex. I, I'm telling you right now, they're going to win. There's I okay. just if they if they lose. Then I think that there's conversations of Jose being being like being like fired sure. because there's the, sure. I just I just don't see them but I don't see them losing I see them I see them actually dominating the game from the first whistle and I think it's gonna be two nothing and that's me being like very polite to Burnley at two nothing. I agree. Thank you. Next game is <laughs> you're welcome. 
Next game is a is the potential candidate for game of the week. Although it could be snooze fest of the week because every time Manchester United plays a team of any quality, it can be the most boring game. So it's Chelsea versus Man U. And last time that happened, it ended 0-0, and I just wanted to poke my eyes out. It was gouge my eyes out. I was like, 90 minutes, It was the no same more. thing when Man U played no Liverpool. More. Gouge my eyes out. It was Bruno Fernandes <laughs> running around the field, making triangles with himself, serving in balls on a platter, and Martial, like, pooping himself. And if I have to see that again, I'm going to be so – I may not even watch this game, honestly. And, like, Chelsea's my team, and I'd love to see them beat United. But it's so brutal, some of these games. So brutal. So I, I'm going to go – I'm going to go a wild stat here. I'm going to go 3 nothing Chelsea. Because why not? Fuck it. <laughs> maybe Team Warner scores a goal. Maybe not. It, United's been another team that, for me, has kind of been up and down because they'll, like, win a game, and then they'll, they'll win in the Champions League, and then they come home, and they'll lose to a relegation team. And yeah. then they'll beat a top team, and then they'll tie a mid-table team. Chelsea, we, we haven't really, like, really done anything under Tuchel I think as Nick said today he was texting me my buddy Nick who was on last year he's a city fan he was like honestly the schedule has been kind to Tuchel uh uh he hasn't had he hasn't really had that yet and he's gonna have it so I guess my hope is that we do well enough against Atletico midweek that we kind of have a little bit of self-confidence and we kind of get into this game in the weekend and we realize that if we lose that's probably expected so when you go into a game where you're probably expected to lose you have nothing to lose. Just go out, play loose, knock the ball around, and let's see what happens. I think United is one of the teams in the top six that can just be so bad when they want to be. I, well, I'm taking Liverpool out of that equation, <laughs> uh, out of that conversation. But United, sometimes they can just be mind-blowingly bad. So I'm going to go Chelsea 3-0, and that is a wild stat. But if they win 3-0, that'll be fun. I'm going to tell you why they're not going to win, and I'll give Alex a chance. I'm going to tell you why... Chelsea are going to lose this game, this and, and, as, and it's because this is brutal. Manchester's I, I was giving you support. I know you're in like Spurs therapy, and I was like, Spurs are going to win. No, I mean Ch- Manchester United have a have a very kind midweek Europa League draw where they ha- they're up by I think three or four goals, and they don't have to. They can play their scrubs. They can go play Shortire, sixteen year old, seventeen year old kid. I'm 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 legit. I'm one hundred percent serious. That that's going to factor in. They they get to rest all their starters. Midweek, and you have to go play Atletico. Mm-hmm. Away, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, like it's just it's not going to be con- like. I mean, you could they could they could surprise, but it's not like suddenly like Werner's going to turn into a Ronaldinho. Like Werner's he's going to score two goals in the weekend. <laughs> We're beating and now three nothing. I'm putting it out in the world, I'm manifesting a little, Jeff. Believe a little. You might not even play. You might not even, they might not even play him. Yeah, they might have put him down like a lame horse by then. <laughs> He's going to play midweek. He's going to play against Atletico. If there's anything Warner can do, he can run around a lot. So, Okay. All right, Alex, Alex what, do you, what, do you think? what do you think? I think it's going to be a draw. I oh. think it's going to be probably like maybe 2-2. Um, Burn my I eyes could see, I could see, I, Yeah, I, I mean, I could see it being like a 2-2 or even a 3-3. I could see it being a shootout. I agree with you with the statement of United can just sort of not show up. They've done that. I'm still salty at Chelsea for getting rid of Frank Lampard. I think that was a mistake. I know people would be like, oh, look, what look with Tudor, though. Like, he's like, hasn't lost a single game. Yeah, sure, whatever. Not like they've been remarkable under him as well. I just think it's a draw. I just don't, I don't see big point there, though, made by about midweek games. Yeah, that's a tough one. Going to, and is it, is the game in Atletico or is it in? No, it's in a neutral site in like Bulgaria or something. Yeah, it's oh, in well, God knows where. It's literally it's it. literally in the middle of nowhere Europe. That's weird. Shout out to all um, of our Bulgarian fans. <laughs> Jeff didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, 
We'll see, but it, I think it's going to be a great game. I don't see it being a snooze fest, though. I see both coaches going for it. I think both you know managers will set their teams up to to win. Is Cavani back? Or was he injured or was he suspended? I don't remember. What, I hate that guy now. Yeah, should have got a red card against. Should have got a red card against Everton when he choke slammed Yarina, but the referee didn't see anything. He totally should have. Totally should have. I don't know why VR well, I'm excited it. when Chelsea win this three nothing. I'll eat my words. That's fine. I think it's going to imagine if they too. win three nothing though. You think two, two, honestly, as long as there's goals, because last time I watched 90 minutes of no goals, and I honestly could have gone outside and just shoveled. For I think two it's hours. a bigger game for Chelsea for sure. Like Chelsea need the points uh, way we need the points big more time. for Manchester United, and that's Agreed. the other thing. I think that when you have one team that needs the points, and United know they can, they can like United is gonna finish top four, and they're probably not gonna win the league. So now we're really just talking about whether they finish in second or third. And when yeah, you get Atletico. Atletico is going is gonna to do some damage to you guys. Oh, Atletico is going to... They're, 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 they're so, going to mini-bat us. They're going to mini-bat us. Emotionally, physically, oh, spiritually. <laughs> How, dude, Mason Mount is going to be in therapy by Wednesday. <laughs> Luis Suarez is going to have his way with you guys. You know that game? That game's tomorrow. I think that game's tomorrow. Oh, 23rd? It's in, it's in like Tomorrow the 23rd? Hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're probably over there right now. Chelsea, Chelsea's already over there training. They got Havertz starting in goal. <laughs> all right next game next game sheffield liverpool is there a way that chris wilder's men beat liverpool i mean liverpool is a wounded beast right now if they're gonna beat liverpool now is the time it's hard because you're like man is liverpool really gonna lose again and like but i just i just see it happening hey if manchester united if, can then yeah so can true. they if sheffield if sheffield win this game i think Everyone in the Premier League will be happy. Honestly. For sure. But even but Liverpool fans. Well, did you see that they're putting up like Jurgen Klopp out at Anfield? Like they're putting up like signs that say they want him out now, which I think is just absurd. I think it it just speaks volumes to Liverpool fans. That's all I'm gonna say. But I just think the comments that he said was after I don't remember what what Chris has said about, about Jurgen. Um, I don't remember what it was about that's something about like Jurgen complaining about like the, the substitutions or whatever it was during you know COVID time. And yeah, obviously Jurgen clapped, clapped back at him, but I think that there's going to be some, some sort of, like, let's be honest, Sheffield doesn't have much to play for. They know they're going to get relegated at this point. Like, they, like, unless like barring any mirror, like, they're just going to get relegated. Right. So the one thing you want to do, and what I respect that organization for doing is sticking with the manager, right? They could have fired him a long time ago, but they stuck with him because they know that if they go to down to the championship, he's probably going to be the guy to bring him back up. I think this team's going to fight for him. They're going to fight for their manager. They're going to be like, no, we're going to we're going to do us, our manager a favor. And like you said, the Premier League a favor. <laughs> so I see like one or well, I, I'd say one nothing, yeah. It's at Bramble Lane. I got one nothing Sheffield because I love a I love a I love an underdog story. Then real quick, that makes that means that Sheffield then beats United and beats Liverpool in what three weeks or four weeks? Apart? Yeah, and they still get relegated. That's how br- that's how brutal the Premier League is. There you go. Yeah, the team that gets relegated domestically beats two of the biggest clubs in the world, in in world football history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, last game: Everton versus Southampton. Is there a way that you guys don't win this game? <laughs> I mean. Yes, because Everton love to just suck against teams that they should be winning. That's just like being an Everton fan for you. Like they'll put up an amazing game against the top, you know, four teams, and then they just go loose to Newcastle or Fulham. Like that's just that's just the Everton way. It's like everyone says, Everton, aren't we? Like that, like that's really what it is. So I think 
you know, Southampton's on the slide right now. I think they've lost, I don't remember how many games, they've lost six games in a row. They lost six games and then they tied against Chelsea because we just love tying. <laughs> so Chelsea's in the same boys as Everton. So I think it's going to be a very, very tough game because I see, I see, I see Southampton, obviously, like they don't want, they, you know, and we'll see, but God, I, I need Everton to win. Like, please, like, just like beat a team that we're supposed to win, like beat, you know, and I mean, we already lost to them this year. Yeah, my problem with, with Southampton is, like, you'll have the midfield, James Ward-Prowse, like, bossing people around, like, scoring f- on free kicks and stuff. You'll have, like, you know, Minamino scoring goals, and then the next game, like, you won't even, he won't even, you don't even know he's there. Bednarak's giving out red cards and, like, kicking the ball in his own net and, like, get, you know, I think Bednarak <laughs> is, is not that great. So, I think that it's a really big opportunity for Everton, for Charleston and James to have their way with DCL's gonna do. And if DCL plays, I mean, if DCL's healthy and he's he's gonna play ninety minutes, then I think that's great. If he is, if anything, his, I was questioning about him coming into the Liverpool game, but that run to get that 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 penalty kick, like like that run from him, if you watch it, there's no problems with that hamstring. Yeah, that boy out sprinted Trent like like he was flying. So, um, I could see him starting. But we'll see. Listen, we should win this game. But Jesus, being an Everton fan, I just every single week is like a, you know, it's a box of chocolate. You you never know what you're gonna get. It's really like one week you're like incredible, one week you're just awful. Sure. I mean, I think all of our teams have been doing that most of the seasons. I think every team except for basically Manchester City has been doing that. Manchester City has been. But even, but even, but even they, they had a little bit of a weird slump, like like in. December, remember, like they, yeah, and that's when I wish we played them because they had to postpone the game due to some the COVID outbreak in their squad, and I wish that Everton played them then because I think we would have been able to maybe at least draw or win. But playing them recently was just brutal, super brutal. Yeah. All right. Well, I was going to go over fantasy, but I was just looking, and the only thing that has changed on the entire fantasy board is I went up one, you went up one, and Diego went down into relegation. So that's fantasy. Cool. That's good. That's great. Well, Alex, thank you for joining us all the way from the best coast, the West Coast. That's right. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to getting Ever Ever New Jersey on the wall. Yeah, I don't know if Ellen's going to be happy. Ellen gave us this. She's she's a big Liverpool fan, but it's going to be interesting that Everton and Liverpool will be hanging out so close. Maybe should we divide them up a little more? As long as it goes over the crest of Liverpool, I'm good. (laughs) Um, I'll send you two. I'll send you two jerseys just for that. There we go. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to continue to see what Everton do because if Everton were to finish top six, that's huge. Huge for Don Carlo. Huge for the club. Huge for the Premier League. Huge for the Premier League and huge Mm -hmm. for all those players. And so, yeah. Thanks a lot. Listen, it's easy to forget that we used to not be a legendary club, but we are. So, (laughs) all right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Ciao. Ciao. Is that Everton never get the derby right emotionally? They're either too up for it and they get players sent off, or they're absolutely terrified going into games, certainly at Anfield. And the reason I say Ancelotti won Everton that game was he took the emotion out of the game with the team he picked. So when that team came in, Evertonians getting ready for the game, the heart sank. No Calvert Lewin and no Alan. Now, Alan hadn't played for two months. Calvert Loom has come back from a hamstring injury, so it's the right decision. But because emotionally at times, Everton, the derby is like the biggest game they have to win. Roberto Martinez told me a story. 
where he, he almost felt pressured to play Gareth Barry in a derby game at Anfield and he wasn't 100% fit. He got injured, they lost the game and he missed an FA Cup semi-final and he always looks back at that as a huge regret. Ancelotti, again, this is three points for our European ambitions. Forget Liverpool. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.